Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. I seriously don't even know why I fill out brackets anymore. Like, what is the point for me? Because they are literally being worthy of in flames by the end of the day, day one, and then the weekend just makes it worse. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Ah, Christopher Arthur Canty. Good morning. Welcome to my. It's the first day of spring. Let's go. It is the first full day of spring. Yeah. Somebody tell the damn weather that. Yeah. Because it's cold as hell when I woke up this morning in New York City. Yeah, it was not good outside. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, twenty nine degrees, not good. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just just put it out there. <sighs> I, I, I want to say something, and I'm not going to say yeah. it because I want to uh, keep my the, we- the weather is all bad, just go. like my bracket. <laughs> Only one place to start. The Spartans are sweet again for the first time since 2019. Michigan State is in the Sweet 16. Sound courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Tom Izzo, man. Tom Izzo in March. It's unbelievable. When he wins one, he usually wins two. His Spartans advance to the Sweet 16. Unbelievable to see that, and yet at the same time, no Kentucky, no Duke, no North Carolina in the Sweet 16. It's only the second time since the tournament expanded in 1985 that those three are not in the Sweet 16. You've got Princeton that has gotten there as the third consecutive 15 seed to make it that far. And Bubba is back with us after his disastrous Arizona pick. Bubba, of course, riding the Jay Billis train. Uh, as I did to the finals as well, Bubba, I thought it was kind of a garbage move on your part to bail out on Friday because of that. Listen, it's all right, Bubba. We understand. I, I just i am very disappointed in him. Did you have Michigan State in the Sweet 16 in I your bracket? Not. I did not at all. Okay. Not in the least. So you're talking about how I, good Tom you talked about here. how good Tom Izzo is yeah. in the tournament and you yep. didn't have them in the sweet season. No, I didn't. Okay. You know why? Because I'm not that bright. I'm okay. really not. But you know what is bright is the move that the Cowboys made over the weekend as we begin with some NFL and how it plays into the Giants, the Jets, and a lot of different aspects uh, of the league at this point. And it is a move that you would look at and think a little under the radar, but not bad. And that's because Brandon Cooks has been in football purgatory for the last couple of years down in Houston. Chris, I could not believe it this morning when I went and looked and realized that Brandon Cooks is still only 29 years old mm-hmm. and doesn't turn 30 until the season begins. And you might say, well, this is not a big-time receiver This is a big-time downfield threat for the Dallas Cowboys, and they got him for virtually nothing from the Houston Texans. And, Canty, that is a fantastic move for Dallas, and it also takes them out of Odell Beckham, but I'm okay with it because this just got them a whole lot stronger offensively. Well, they paid more or nothing to Houston than the Cleveland Browns did to them a year ago for Amari Cooper. And this move signifies that the Dallas Cowboys made a mistake in letting Coop go. Now, I get it. At that time, they had the Ezekiel Elliott contract on the books, and you're talking about a running back taking up, what, $18 million on your salary cap for 2022? So they had to find a way to make the math math and, of sorts, gave up a consequential piece because we saw the difference in the receiving core and the productivity from that skill position group when you didn't have Amari Cooper in the lineup with CeeDee Lamb. That was an area that the Cowboys had to get better, and I think Brandon Cooks – was a solid move for them given the amount of salary that Houston is actually going to eat on Cook's Mm -hmm. salary for this year. So 
Brandon Cooks is $18 million, but with some restructuring, the Houston Texans are going to eat $6 million of that money. So the Dallas Cowboys are on the hook for $12 million plus a fifth-round pick in this year's draft and a sixth-round pick in the 2024 draft. Now, just for context, they got a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper last year. So, uh, again, this is— And that was a terrible move on their part. And Cooper Cooper is a better player than Brandon Cooks. Yep. So I think we all go into this saying this was a need for the Cowboys and they found a way to address it. They tried through the draft with Jalen Tolbert. That didn't work out. Free agency last year with James Washington. They ended up cutting him. He didn't play for him with an injury. So this was a move that the Cowboys had to make. But I still think that there's more work to be done in terms of enhancing their skill position core, specifically their pass catchers, in order for them to close the gap offensively with the Philadelphia Eagles. No, this doesn't fix the disaster that was the Amari Cooper trade for them last year. Absolutely not. But it does at least help put a Band-Aid on it, because this is somebody that, as I said at the outset, was in football purgatory the last couple of years. I mean, when you go to Houston with what their quarterback situation has been for the last two seasons, I mean, you're not going to do anything. And and that's what happened. Yet Brandon Cooks is a guy that has had five 1,000-yard seasons in his career. And 2,000-yard seasons in the last three years, yep. he was down in Houston. Yep. So I think that matters, too. Yeah, and but, I mean, you forget about it because of what happened this past year because they were doing what they were doing. For the doing last couple of years, yeah. Houston has been an outpost with what happened with Dave Cully and then Lovey Smith. They, they, they've, they've been basically cycling through head coaches and not having Deshaun Watson on the field, and when they did, not much around him, that has impacted what you've been able to see from Brandon Cooks. But now he's got a new lease on his football career with Dak Prescott, and you have a vertical speed element in that offense to go along with C.D. Lamb, who was an all-pro last year. So the excuses for Dak Prescott and why they can't be more productive in the passing game, they're all of a sudden going out of the window. But just to frame the conversation we got to talk about how bad the Dallas Cowboys receiving core was last year. Absolutely. Okay, because CeeDee Lamb was fantastic, but they really didn't have a whole lot outside of CeeDee Lamb. So the Dallas Cowboys— Noah Brown was, what, third? Something like that? All I'm simply going to say is this. The Cowboys were 25th in yards after catch for their receivers. Now, when you start talking about contending teams, all of the final four teams were in the top nine when it came to yards after catch— from their wide receivers, the Cincinnati Bengals, the 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the, uh, and the, um, and, um, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, when you start thinking about what it takes in order to compete at that level, you're going to have to have receivers that can do some special things once they get the ball in their hands. The quarterback can't do all of the heavy lifting for them, and that's been a part of the problem and why you saw some of the mistakes that you got from Dak Prescott. That's how you end up having a quarterback – that's tied for the league, league, and interceptions. Canty and Carlin in for Granny, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. That leads us to Odell Beckham Jr. and the fact that the Cowboys are now likely out on him. But who is going to be in? Here's Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, on that topic. I don't think the Cowboys will sign Odell Beckham Jr. now that they have Brandon Cooks. I, I think that that was probably an either-or situation, and they went with Cooks. Now... Who is left in the Odell market? Buffalo has been interested for quite a while. I think Kansas City is kind of quietly, you know, scoping it out. The Giants are interested. Uh, we know he was on that list uh, that Aaron Rodgers talked to the Jets about in terms of potentially acquiring some receivers. So I, I do think he has a market. 
it's a question of finding the right deal for a guy that didn't play last year. He's coming off two ACL surgeries. You don't know how it's going to hold up after two ACL surgeries. And listen, Odell has said over the weekend in what were basically a, a storm of tweets at different people, whether it was Saquon Barkley or whomever, that he was never looking for $20 million a year, but also thinks he's worth more than $4 million a year. Mm-hmm. What Odell needs to do this second is not focus on what the money is. He needs to focus on where his best fit is going to be to maximize his season. Because, Canty, if he truly wants one more bite at a big contract, it's not coming right now. It may come next offseason because he has to go prove he's still a big-time player, as Dan alluded to, prove that he's still a big-time receiver and is a force multiplier, uh, as you would put it. And I think the two spots in New York, in the Giants and the Jets, are both excellent spots for Odell Beckham. Yeah, I, I would say so, although I think the Jets would be a better fit for Odell than the Giants would, just because Odell would be a complimentary piece at the wide receiver spot for the Jets mm-hmm. because they have Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year, as opposed to the New York Giants, who would be leaning on Odell to be their number one wideout. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's better than anything that they have in there. Now, the addition of Darren Waller would, you know, represent well, that's you know, where I was a, guy, from, yeah. a guy that could be a number one target. But, I mean, in terms of a playmaker outside of the numbers that can dictate front and coverage, I, I don't know that Odell is at that stage in his career anymore. He's the guy that you're relying on to be that number two receiver that can take advantage of one-on-one opportunities down the field. And, and so I think the Jets represent a better fit. But that's what it has to be about for Odell right now. It's not about you landing a long-term contract to secure your financial future. Based on what we've seen from you in the injury history over the last couple of years, that's going to be a tough ask for any team. Right now, it's about positioning yourself to get to free agency and have more leverage in 2024, and that's finding the best fit where you can be a productive player on a winning team. To me, there's a short list of teams that should be – you know, I guess consider uh, possibilities for Odell, and I think that's how you have to approach where you're at right now. Because after the first week of free agency, the big money is seemingly gone. Is he being realistic at this point? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know what he's asking for. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's saying what he's not going to take. I think you floated uh, the four million dollar yeah. number out there and saying what he's not going to take. Uh, beggars can't be choosers at this point in his career. You're talking about a third significant lower body injury. He's going to have to get out on the field and prove it to NFL teams before he's going to be able to land that monster deal. It's Canty and Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. So... Where will he end up? We will get into answers for that question and the ever-present Lamar Jackson question. Is he getting any closer to finding a home? And is his relationship with Baltimore fixable at this point? Our NFL insider tells us all of that next. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. The Cowboys get wide out Brandon Cooks in a trade with the Texans. Dallas figured once they got into March, like, hey, we don't love the free agency class, so then they got to work on the trade market. Got Stephon Gilmore from Indy, got their cornerback, and now they got Cooks. We get answers on how much closer the NFC East is. Canty and Carlin in for Grinny. Dan Graziano joining us in studio, ESPN NFL Insider. All right, so Brandon Cooks is a Cowboy. Right. Has the gap shrunk? considering what's happened to the Eagles and where the Cowboys are, and even the Giants, for that matter, in the NFC East. Yeah, I would say so. I, I, I think the Cowboys have had a good offseason so far. They've made some smart moves. Uh, the trade to get Gilmore, the trade to get Cooks. Uh, you know, they have work to do. Still need a tight end, need to beef up at running back, probably on the offensive line. But you know, they were kind of right there with the Eagles for much of the year. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's fair to say that, especially considering the Eagles have lost so much on defense and, you know, like no one has won that division two years in a row in 19 years. So, Oof. yeah, so it's, <laughs> wow. something always happens. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I is. can't believe Dan Graziano was actually betting on the Dallas Cowboys to win the division. I don't this bet. Upcoming I'm season. not betting. I don't bet. Well, you're banking, betting, whatever. Know, just, I mean, just heading, sort of, you're, you're picking the Dallas Cowboys to win the division March just because there isn't a real chance. March 20th. I'm not no, making early. If you're going to use reason, don't do the show. Okay. Six <laughs> months before the. I'm just this saying. Guy. I didn't know he was coming in here in facts, to right? get boxed in on picks in March. Like, that's not right. You got to see what else happens. I'm trying to nail you down, Dan. I, Draft I hot, is like we six weeks away. We, we don't even know who's going to be on the teams. I know we want the take, though, Dan. We want the take. Cowboys. Book right. it. Take it to the bank. There it is. Lock just, it up. Just because nobody repeats his champs in the division. What's <laughs> ever gone wrong with them? Yeah, um, so the Cowboys were in the conversation for OBJ late last season, yeah. and, and they were rumored to be one of the teams that were in the veteran receiver market. Obviously, they landed one that we all thought 
um, or didn't think was going to be the likely place. But in just looking at OBJ's situation, Dan, where does this leave him now that the Cowboys seemingly are off the table? I think there are still teams. I mean, I know that the Bills have been interested, the Chiefs, the Ravens, all at some level or another. Both New York teams, I think, have, have checked in. So, yeah, I, I think he'll end up somewhere. It seemed like he came out of that workout a couple of weeks ago with people feeling good about what they saw. So it's yeah. a matter of finding the right deal. Obviously, he's been tweeting about his contract negotiations, which is very rarely do you get a guy tweeting about contract negotiations when they're going great. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a, right now there's a difference between his expectations and what teams are willing to offer, but it's only March, right? There's no games for six months. So I, I, think, I think he'll get somewhere. It's just a matter of finding the right deal for a guy that missed all of last season and is coming off two ACLs. You know, it's not as, as simple as, oh, it's Odell Beckham, let's get him in the building, even though he might think that. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joining Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Uh, what are you expecting as far as Lamar Jackson out of the YouTube interview where he's going to interview himself? Is he going to be lobbing himself softballs, Dan, or is he going to put himself on the grill? I don't know. How do you, how do you interview yourself? Like, do you, <laughs> Is it like a split-screen thing? where you? I, I don't know. I'm not a video editor, uh, so I'm not sure how to cut something like that. But... Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't we know. We don't need to get in the weeds, Dan. <laughs> I am eager to hear what he has to say because I think that's what's been missing from this conversation. What does Lamar Jackson think about the state of negotiations with him and the Ravens and the way the Ravens have approached it? My understanding is he's unhappy with the state of negotiations with the Ravens and the way the Ravens have approached it. But I'd like to hear that from him uh, before assuming you know that all my sources are 100% correct on this. I want to know if he's interested in talking to other teams. And if so, if he has heard from those teams and how that process works for him without having an agent, I would like to know why he's so dead set on not having an agent. I mean, I'm not saying that he should have one. I just I find it curious that he's so opposed to it in a situation when what he's trying hasn't worked yet. So I, I think it's fascinating. Do we know when it is? Or he just kind of teased that it was they coming up? Coming, coming this week. Yeah. This week. Too. It's coming yeah. this, this week. week. So this week. I, I, I'm fascinated to hear what he has to say. Um, you know, I... <laughs> I feel like interviewing himself, maybe he's not likely to face a lot of hard-hitting questions. <laughs> but, but who knows? Lamar, I mean, man, I, you you know, who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what he has to say because his voice is the one that's been missing on this. All right, can I, just for one sec, though, what really escapes me right now, and I, I know what the injury discussions are, Dan, there are other, t- other quarterbacks who are making a lot of money who get injured, who miss more games than Lamar Jackson has over the last few years. That's correct. Having said that, this kind of player does not find his way to this situation often at all. No. When we put the value on the quarterback that we do, especially what the hit rate is on quarterbacks in the first round, which is around 30 to 35% these days, as far as being franchise guys, why aren't teams seemingly willing to risk it outside of the total guaranteed contract? Well, because I think if you gave him 200 guaranteed on a $260 million deal, I don't think that's outlandish. No, considering it's not. what other guys have got. It might not get it done, though, because my understanding is he wants more than Deshaun Watson got. So. Um, I think you have to get the guarantee over that number uh, if you're going to get him. But to your point, like, why not find out? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, why not, why not ask? To be asking. Why yeah. trust, uh, why trust uh, what, what's been out there publicly without actually asking him? You have the ability to engage him in conversations about his contract. You do. The non-exclusive franchise tag gives you that. 
So why not find out? And look, guys, I mean, it may be that someone has, and we just haven't found out yet. Yeah. That's possible. But it's, it's a more complicated procedure than just if he was a free agent, right? Because you have to, you have to negotiate the contract, you have to make the formal offer sheet, and then the Ravens would have the right to match. So you, you could do all the work on this and still not get him. Uh, so I'm with you in terms of why not have exploratory discussions, but I do think prior to engaging in those, the teams that are potentially interested wanted to sort of get their own ducks in a row. What else are we doing in free agency? How equipped are we to run the kind of offense we might need to run with him um, as our quarterback? How does it fit into our cap, et cetera, et cetera? What are we willing to give up? Are we willing to put two first-round picks at risk? Or not? Would it be better to engage the Ravens in trade discussions to see if we could maybe get them for something else? So I think there's a lot of internal conversations that had to be, had to be going on. For, but at some point, I would imagine it'll pick up. Dan Washington was one of the teams that people pointed to as a potential suitor for Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. even though they said on the day that Jackson was tagged mm-hmm. that they were out on those conversations. Now, that ownership is in flux right now. It there is. are reports surfacing out there that Dan Snyder has vacated his office at the team's facility in Ashburn, Virginia, that he's living abroad. I, I don't know if we can confirm those or deny those, but where are we with the Washington commanders in their ownership and what's happening? Because we thought that this spring might be a time where we would see movement on that front. And it still could. There's an owner's meeting in Phoenix next week, and I think this will obviously be a big topic. Uh, there's been an investigation going on of Dan Snyder for uh, over a year now, I believe, uh, into the business practices there. And I think, you know, whatever those findings are could be could lead him to potentially, you know, expedite a sale. Um, again, I don't know what they're going to find, but depending on how it shakes out, that's a possible outcome. I think NFL owners are eager to move this along. So I I do think you'll start to hear news on this in the next couple of weeks. The idea of them pursuing Lamar, I mean, you can see it both ways. Like, why not sign him? You're not going to have to take the chance. But then also you could mess up the sale if you do something like that. Maybe somebody trying to buy the team will look and say, well, that's a heavy investment I don't want to make. So, uh, yeah, in terms of the sale of the team, I think it's, it's something that most people in the league seem to feel will happen at some point. Uh, could be in the next couple of weeks and months. It could take, could drag on longer than that. Nothing's ever simple uh, with Dan Snyder. Talking with ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano on Greeny. And Dan, uh, I got to ask you about the Arizona Cardinals, the third overall pick. Yeah. That's the pick that a lot of people in NFL circles are circling because we expect to see movement at that. Teams trying to get up to get one of those quarterbacks at the top of this year's draft. What are you hearing in terms of the potential timeline for the Arizona Cardinals to – Shop that pick and move that pick. Well, I think they'd move it if they got the right deal. Now, go back a couple of years, and the 49ers went up to the three pick because they felt like they, were, they, they knew they were going to get one of three guys that they liked. Um, that trade happened, I believe, and we were just talking about this off the air. I believe it was early April. Mm-hmm. So uh, it could happen. But again, it's, it's a matter of if you're Arizona, you want to maximize your return. So unless you're really thrilled with what's being offered, there's no reason to do it prior to draft night, right? I mean, see who goes one, see who goes two, and how desperate somebody is to trade up. We know there were other teams talking to the Bears besides Carolina. My understanding is the Raiders were one of them. Are, mm-hmm. they, are they a team that's going to want to trade up to three if their quarterback is still there? But are they hesitant to do it if the potential is that he's not? Like, let's say the Raiders only like two guys or one guy, and they can't be sure he's going to be there at three then they're not going to do a deal three weeks ahead of time. They would wait to see what the first two picks are. So it has to be a situation like it was a couple of years ago with the Niners where they traded up to a spot that they knew they were going to come away with somebody they'd be happy with. Um, 
And if that's the case and Arizona feels like we're not going to do any better than this, then I think you'd see it move. But that, that pick is definitely available. Dan, uh, who's got more urgency right now to get the deal done with Aaron Rodgers, the Jets or the Packers? I would say the Jets um, because they're going to have OTAs start, you know, not for a few more weeks, like middle, late April, and they're going to want. Assuming, He's not showing uh, up assuming anyway. Assuming he goes, right? <laughs> you would want you would want uh, you would want him around. The Packers, I don't think, are risking anything by waiting. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously feels some urgency, or else he wouldn't have gone on McAfee and kind of tried to move the thing along last week. So. Um, I think the Jets and Aaron Rodgers would like it settled. I think the Packers would like it settled too, but they're, they're not, there's no risk of anything with the Packers. They don't have to pay them until week one of the regular season. Mm-hmm. So until you get start approaching that date, the Packers haven't lost anything, unless you're like determined to get picks in this year's draft. Uh, but if the Jets aren't offering the picks you like, then what's the rush to do that? So uh, I think the answer is, is the Jets. All right, 20-second answer. He and I have a wager on it. Is the first-round pick involved in this trade or not? Packers would like there to be one, but the That's Jets don't want to trade. Well, involved. Give what? us a take, Dan. A first-round pick is involved in the discussions. Will it be involved in the ultimate trade package that lands Rodgers in New York? I think that's one of the sources of contention. I can't answer that question. What do you want me to do? Make it up? Why are you trying to be a reporter, Dan? That's really I frustrating that's, for I us. thought that was my job. Oh, okay. Well, you guys want me to come in here and just opine? I'm happy to do that, too. Dan, we live in irresponsibility. I think you need to get more comfortable with that. <laughs> Dan I say no. I say the Jets hold off and don't trade the one. Excellent. How about that's that? That's what I want to hear, because there's a good dinner on it uh, in it for me if that happens. All right. If we'll not, see what happens. If not, Dan, I might need to borrow some money, considering where Canty wants it's to a go. Great, to it's a great restaurant, so nobody's really the loser in all of this. I uh, see. Yeah. We'll see. Canty and Carlin. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. We're in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive commercial insurance flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. The, the Lamar situation, I, I am interested to see what he has to say in this YouTube video, because as much as players are taking control of their own narrative these days, I am curious as to where he stands in all of this. Is it, it has to be 231 guaranteed, better than Deshaun Watson? Where is he in a manageable situation to sign somewhere long-term? And Kitty, if this does not get to where he wants it to get, and I know you're going to hate this idea. I don't hate the idea of him working something out in a one-year deal in the 40-some million range. Not actually sign the tag, but if he can work out a one-year deal with the Ravens at 40 with the agreement that they will not franchise him next year. I'm going to see the quarterbacks get paid this year between Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, and obviously uh, Herbert. That number could go up next year for him. If I'm Lamar, if he goes out and plays well on that big of a deal or on that one-year deal, I think it could pay out, work out better for him. Okay, I'm confused because I don't understand what more Lamar Jackson has to prove. He doesn't. 
He doesn't. So, so why so why incur the risk of injury by going back out there on another one year proposition where you don't have any financial guarantees beyond twenty twenty three? Well, does Lamar though is he is he trying to prove a point more than anything else? Is in getting no, paid. It's not, another- it's, not, it's not trying to prove a point. It's trying to get paid and maximize his value in what he brings to the table as a player. So if they're at one seventy five and that's not good enough, are you just you're just holding out completely? Do you see Lamar hang, holding out during the season? I, here's here's what I don't get. I, I want to work backwards on this one. Okay. Here's what I don't understand about the argument of going out there on another one year deal. What is there to be gained by Lamar Jackson by doing that? I think for me, what there is to be gained is to be a free agent next year, not have to deal with any of the uh, pick compensation, and that takes it out of the mix. And then I think you're more likely to get the deal that you ultimately deserve. I'm with you. But he, Lamar hold on, hold on, Jackson doesn't have anything else to prove. Let's put a pin in what you just said. He already gets that if he doesn't play this entire year. If he doesn't play the entire year after being franchise tagged by the Ravens, there's no way they're going to saddle up and tag him again and say, we're going to do this song and dance again. Because the Ravens are precluded from doing other business because they have a $32.5 million cap hold. There's nothing they can do about it. They franchise tagged him. They had to cut Calais Campbell as a cap casualty. They can't go out and make any other moves because they don't know what their cap situation with Lamar is going to be. And they have to deal with the prospects of carrying that cap hold through the entire 2023 season. They're not going to do that again for another year. So again, I would ask, what is there so, to be gained for Lamar Jackson by playing on a one-year proposition? So you think the Ravens at that point are not going to keep the $32 million cap hold just there? Two consecutive years? How could they? They can't keep well, can't he be played co- last year. Well, 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 yeah, but that I'm was on, that was on a fifth-year fifth option, which right. was $20 million. Right. So that was a lesser number. There's no way that they could do that again. They can't just do that in perpetuity and keep a franchise tag of, uh, of thirty-plus million dollars in that one season for a player that's not contributing to their team, right? But I'm not of the mindset that Lamar has something to prove. I don't know that I would go. Well, and- you said he should play, so he'd be yeah. unencumbered in free agency next year. And what I would tell you is that he's going to be unencumbered whether he plays or not. So, what's but the is point? he gonna? Is he going to go a year removed with other players that we have seen? Set out a year. Is somebody definitively going to give him that money if he doesn't play this year? It's oh, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's a quarterback star of league. I said this last week, and I stand by this. There are never enough quality quarterbacks to go around, mm-hmm. and it's even a shorter list when it comes to guys that are actual difference makers. The majority of starters in this league are passengers. They they're not drivers. They're not they're not they're not the ones that are pulling the trailers, the pulling the team. Lamar Jackson has proven that he is a difference maker. He is somebody that can carry a franchise. All you have to do is look at what the Ravens were before they got him and look at where the Ravens are right now. So to be clear, Lamar does not play this year. He sits out. He's going to get 231 next year? I don't, know if, I don't know what the number is, but I think you— Well, if that's where he's think, setting hold on, the number. Hold on, let me, let me finish this. I know you and others are of the opinion that he should speak— and in this interview that he's about to release this week, tell everybody what he wants from a financial standpoint. He's not going to do that. One of the rules of negotiation is, first first of all, the person that's willing to walk away is always going to win. Yep. But then the other one of the other rules is, speak first, die first. 
Yep. I mean, why would you limit what you're going to get from another team? Whether it's 230, he might want 235, he might want 250. There might be somebody that's out there that's willing to pay him a quarter of a billion dollars fully guaranteed. Now, that hasn't materialized yet, but I would say let's see what happens the rest of the offseason. And then beyond that, if he doesn't get a deal, let's see how 2023 plays out. But I'm of the opinion that Lamar Jackson should not step foot on a football field without having $200-plus million guaranteed. Can't get Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app if you're still overpaying for a razor in this economy. That's just gross. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. Dollar Shave Club is available at a store near you in the men's razor aisle. That's it. That's the ad. It's hard to believe that just two weeks ago, the MVP in the NBA was locked up And now it appears locked up, but for somebody else. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. He backs it out to the logo. Now it's at eight. Niang lobs it inside for MB. Too easy. Missed it. Puts it in with the right hand tap. Closing in on 30. 28 for Embiid. 101-84. Sixers lead increasing. Oh, only 31-7-7 with two blocks for Joel Embiid against the Pacers. Oof. Ah. As he locked it up. This is Greeny coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Here's Rick Carlisle, Pacers head coach, on Embiid and what he sees. Embiid is probably the MVP with what their team is doing and and how he's just elevated his game. He's as difficult a guy to game plan for as there is in the game. I mean, Giannis is crazy ridiculous. You know, Jokic is same. And this guy may be even more difficult, you know, if if that's possible. It's amazing that that's the case. But think about this. A few weeks ago, Chris, Mm. on Caesar Sportsbook, Embiid was at just a plus, uh, I believe it was plus 
400. And Jokic was minus 300 yeah. to win the MVP. Now, Embiid, minus 250. And Jokic, plus 170. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the tide has turned so dramatically over the course of three weeks. And I think part of it has been the public outcry after Tim Bontemps did the straw poll of everybody mm-hmm. that thought that, that Jokic was just such a runaway candidate. The bigger question now is, is Embiid's dominance right now enough to really actually get the Sixers over the hump in the Eastern Conference? Well, to me, they're the favorite in the Eastern Conference, and I know a lot of people will point to the Milwaukee Bucks, but the Sixers head-to-head against the Bucks in their three matchups are 2-1, and one, and one of those wins was without James Harden. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about what this Philadelphia team is. You're talking about a team that's third in offensive rating, a team that's first in three-point shooting percentage and first in free throws, and a team that's top three in points allowed. So they're doing it on both ends of the court, and Joel Embiid is a huge part of this. You talked about his performance on Saturday night against the Pacers without James Harden, might I add, the league's leader in assists. But think about his performance on Friday night against the Hornets. When they boat raced Charlotte, they won by 40, and Joel Embiid went for 38, 13, and five blocks. I mean, this guy does whatever is necessary in order for his team to have a chance to win night in and night out. And you saw in that game against the Pacers, he was more the facilitator because they didn't have their facilitator in James Harden. But when he has to be that dominant presence in the paint on defense and focused on scoring, he can do that too, which is what we saw on Friday night. So just the versatility of Joel Embiid's game and the player's awareness to be whatever his team needs on any given night – I think all of those things factor in. And then, of course, the big tipping point when it comes to the conversation with him head-to-head against Jokic is what Embiid does on the defensive end. To me, Mm -hmm. that's the part that people don't spend enough time talking about. Look, with Embiid, we can remember two things. Number one, legitimately and understandably so, Really ticked off last year after he didn't win the MVP. Yeah. Really ticked off. And now he's out to make a point. I mean, he's got nine straight. He's at, he's leading the league in scoring. He's got nine straight with 30-plus. And he's doing everything he needs to do. He's going to be the MVP. I'm going to separate that from the postseason for a second. I get it. They've beaten the Bucks a couple of times. They did it without Harden. All the numbers. This, to me, is an intangible thing for the Sixers in the postseason. They have not gotten over the hump. Granted, they've had some bad luck with the Kawhi shot a couple of years ago. Chris, until they actually get past the second round, I'm not going to believe in them as a favorite in the conference to ultimately do that. Well, who do you want to believe in? You want to believe I in, believe the, in Bucks? the Bucks? I believe in the Bucks. I can't buy into the, the Bucks, man. They don't, they, they don't have a third star. They and won we, a championship two years ago. They don't ago have now. a third star. They did it two years ago they did, without they had, a third star. Well, they did it without a third star. Wait, what are you talking about? They had Middleton, they had Holiday, and they had and they Gian, had Giannis. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 you saw when Chris Middleton was hurt what they were last year. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get past the Boston Celtics in the second round. So, again, I would say they don't have a third star. Whereas you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, they have James Harden, who's leading the league in assists. They have Tyrese Maxey, who dropped 30 the other night. Like, they have guys that can score points and get their own shot but create shots for others. So I think that's the biggest differentiating factor. The best record on the road since the start of this year and tied for the best record this year. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 
or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts. 